Hi, this is Catherine, and welcome to Project Healing. This is part one of a three-part series of our COVID Chronicles. Today, I am interviewing daycare. Um, you are, I'm so sorry, what is your title? Program Director. Program Director. My good friend, Jenna, who is a Program Director with a daycare in upstate New York. And the goal of this episode is to give people a little bit of insight to what it's like for daycare providers who are taking care of, I'm imagining, mostly children of essential workers or people who just don't have anything else to do with their kids who have to continue to work through this. So we're going to get started. Jenna's going to give us a little bit of insight about what her day-to-day was like prior to COVID being a pandemic and what it's like now bounce a couple questions off you and just get to know what's going on in your neck of the woods, okay? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Hey, so day-to-day, pre-COVID, what did that look like for you? Pre-COVID, day-to-day. Well, I'm the program director, but I also refer to that as a chaos coordinator. Sure. (laughs) I wear many hats. so I come in in the morning. My daughter um, also attends the center. So I drop her off to her classroom. I make my rounds to all of the classrooms, say hello to all of the teachers and all of our amazing little kiddos. Um, and then I do our scheduling for the day. So go into my office and work out what our break scheduling is for the day because it does change day to day based on how many children we have and how many staff we have. Um, Our center operates with about 100 children ages six weeks through five years. (laughs) Yes. So, um, and we have 12 classrooms. So there are a lot of moving parts all day long. Yeah. And that's all your wheelhouse to control. Yes. I don't know how to do that. And then we we have an office manager as well. Um, and she is one of our owners too. And so she helps me with all of that. So phones are constantly ringing. We're getting emails, parents popping in, staff having questions, kids having needs. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. I feel like, thank God for people like you, because at the risk of sounding super insensitive, that sounds like my own personal hell. So <laughs> staying organized and having a hundred children in front of me. Oh my God. I don't care if they're in separate rooms. I think that would just, that's got to be energetically overwhelming. So thank God for people like you to take care of children <laughs> like mine. <laughs> what, um, what's your staff looking like now versus before? So we went from 100 children and 35 staff to 21 children and 10 wow. staff. Wow. That's, yeah. What is that, an 80% decrease? Yes. Yeah. So, and it was, it was, it's drastic, obviously, um, but it also happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, because, you know, understandably so, people are afraid. Um, and we were all told to stay home. So that's what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So what does that mean for, you said you have how many staff? I'm so sorry. Right on a normal um, now. day or right now? Right now we have 10. Wow. Okay. That's, and that probably is almost like a little steep for what you actually need, huh? It is. So we wanted to keep on everybody that 
wanted to continue working. So nobody's working full time anymore. Everybody is split into part time shifts. So we have a morning staff and an afternoon staff and to keep um, you know, some sort of consistency for our kids. Um, it's the same every day for each classroom. So the same morning staff every day and the same yeah. PM staff every that day. That makes sense. That makes sense. So that being said, what um the 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 people who stayed on, the staff who stayed on, are they all, if they're not working full-time, so sorry, stuttering over this question, if they're not working full-time, are they able to collect like partial unemployment or is that not, is that not a thing? I, That's a big pay cut. I don't believe so. Um, our owners are, are pretty awesome and have have compensated that's our incredible. staff. Um, I've been hearing a lot of point. stories like that. So that's, that's really good to hear. Um, what, what are your main fears as a daycare provider working with all of these children and the various adults that you work with? And are they mostly children of essential personnel or do you have that information? Yeah. So um, all of the kids that we have right now, their parents are essential staff members for whatever it is that they do. Um, We have, you know, uh, people that work in grocery stores. We have people that work in hospitals, um, people that work in food service, such as Foodlink or any other sort of yeah. food service as well. Um, first responders. Um, so we're there so that they can still go to work, basically. They need a safe place to bring their kids. Um, and that's why we decided to stay open when many centers around us were um, closed. And even though our numbers dropped so drastically, we still had a need for some of our families. We consider ourselves a big family. So um, we just couldn't imagine just closing our doors, even though we all have we all have the same fears. I think parents, staff, our owners, um, we're afraid that we'll get sick. We're afraid that someone we love will get sick. Um, and we're afraid to be carriers as well. So. Right. Now, you said your daughter goes to daycare with you then is she still doing that she's not um right now my husband and i are working opposite shifts so i do scheduling in the morning um and respond to emails and do parent communication we actually started a facebook page for all of our families so that everybody could stay in touch so i work on all of that stuff in the morning and then i go in in the afternoons and i close the center down that's that's a lot um so you're doing all of that the, like the morning communication from home. Yes. Do you have school? You have a school age son as well, don't you? I do. Yes. <laughs> How's that going? Uh, that's been a struggle. Um, I think all the mamas that have school age kids could probably relate to the fact that it is tough. Um, and I have an education degree and I'm struggling. Um, yeah. My son is in first grade, and a lot of what they provided for us is online learning um, through different apps or different avenues. You know, he's got an app for math, and he's got an app for reading. Um, and I cannot get him to log into the apps to save his life. Sure. Because yeah, for school. So he's a little boy. You know, he doesn't want to sit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm. I feel very blessed that I have an education degree because. I have the capacity to provide him other materials that I know he's still working that, that large muscle in the head there. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I do feel for other parents that don't have the same background as me and, and, you know, really don't know what to do with their kids, which is part of why I started the Facebook page for our center so that I could give some parents, the parents, some 
for free. Like, here's some ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, as the mother of two little children with no clue what to do, I completely understand that. I feel like every day I'm like, okay, so we're gonna go for a walk and look for bugs today. I'm gonna go look for birds today. Look how many circles we can find in nature. I'm like, oh my god. How many times can I walk the same damn road? (laughs) Right? It's crazy. You see a lot of teachers on social media who are home with their kids with the greatest ideas. I'm like, this is this is what they went to college for now. This is it. And at least at least you've got those ideas. Remember though, they learn through repetition. So when they like to do things over and over and over again, you're doing the right thing. You might be going crazy and it feels like Groundhog Day, but you're doing the right thing. It is. As a stay-at-home mom with kids who are not in school yet, not much has shifted for me on this end of things. So my day-to-day is pretty normal other than not having things open. Um, So as a parent, you talked about what your fears are with getting sick or kids getting sick or you guys getting sick, your family getting sick. Have you had any staff members or like past or present present symptoms or get sick or children or children of essential workers, like their parents are sick or anything like that? Yes. So, um, luckily nobody that, um, I come in contact with or know through my childcare network, um, has had a positive test as far as I know. Um, but obviously we're all hypersensitive to any symptom that we get. So, that's actually one of the things that has changed dramatically for us is um, nobody is allowed into the center if you have any symptom at all. Um, so that's different because, you know, kids are germ factories and usually there's all sorts of stuff flying around. And right now we just we cannot have that because we don't know how it will progress. Um, so children, staff, and any family member that enters the building has to be completely asymptomatic. Um, and also cannot be around anybody that has a positive COVID test if they're going to enter our building. You're talking like a simple sneeze. Yes. Yeah. Which so when mind-boggling. this all started, I couldn't bring my own kids into the center because they both had coughs going. And I was like, oh, no. Um, but, you know, I just reached out to their doctor and had a telemedicine visit, which was bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> But they, they were really, really great and just advised me that they have to stay home until they're symptom-free for 72 hours, which is different. It used to be 24 hours, mm-hmm. so now it's 72. So any of those lingering symptoms, kids have to stay home. That is going to be tough moving into allergy season, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I read, I know my husband already in Virginia, our weather's obviously a little bit different. We're already covered in pollen and my youngest is sneezing as soon as we're outside. And I know like we, we could go anywhere if we went in public right now. I'm sure people would be looking at us cross-eyed like we're crazy for being out there. Oh, pollen. Awful. So do you feel that you've seen a change in the energy of the kids and their behavior and the dynamics that you have in the daycare? Absolutely. Um, I would say overall, there's been an energy shift in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are super resilient. However, they're also super observant. Mm-hmm. So um, they are noticing how people, how we are reacting towards each other as adults. 
Um, but it's interesting because what I found is the kids, they want hugs. They want more um, of that, like, closeness. And they it seems like they're feeling the separation. Um, and they're missing their teachers that they see on a daily basis and a normal in a normal life, um, and they are missing their friends that they see. So as soon as they see an adult um, or somebody they feel comfortable with, they are definitely, um, they're little clingers, <laughs> but in a great way. Yeah. So they're definitely seeking some of that physical attention. Um, and then it's interesting because we're seeing different um, personalities come out in kids that maybe were more reserved and withdrawn, like, pre-pandemic, now with the, the smaller group sizes, um, they are a little bit more outgoing um, and almost seems as if they're a little bit more comfortable in their space because there are le- there's less energy in the building overall because there are less, there's less bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is really interesting. I never would have even thought of that. I, I was anticipating you saying something more along the lines of them being more stressed out, but it's they are the little fixers, aren't they? They're really perceptive. They pick up on all of that. I know my son, if he's with anyone who feels a little bit upset, he's going to hug, 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 hug constantly. So they probably are just looking to soothe that energy. Um, what kind of message do you have for people who are talking about kind of like, like trash talking daycares for being open? in this time. I know you've got something to say there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So I think it's important to remember that we are keeping, we are always keeping children safe. Um, For many of our families, we are the only option or we may be the safest option for their children. Um, And as I said before, we're caring for kids that, um, their parents work in the grocery stores, work in the hospitals, um, people that are on the front lines are our first responders. If they don't have childcare, then they can't do their jobs. And then, you know, what does that look like for our community? So as much as um, people may think that we're posing a threat, you know, to spreading the virus, um, I think that people also need to keep in mind the fact that these parents, they just need some place to bring their kids. And these kids need routine um, and they need people that care for them and they deserve to have their routine as well so that their parents can do their important jobs. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize the many little pieces that are involved in this. It's not just a daycare staying open. Like you said, first responders have to have somewhere to bring their kids. You think about how many couples you see that are doctor, nurse, 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 doctor, doctor, first responder, first responder. Where are they bringing their kids? They can't just quit their job because what are they going to do for money? Exactly. People don't think about that perspective. What has been the most difficult shift for you to make with all of this? Oh, definitely um, missing our people missing our family, our childcare family, because we we are so close knit. Um, all of the families are friends. You know, we all do birthday parties together, and even some of our, our staff members, our teachers, go to these kids' birthday parties. Yeah. They babysit on the weekends. So um, we're very very close knit community, and there are a lot of us. So I think the hardest shift here is 
walking into the building and it's quiet. It is bizarre. Okay, it is just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's been hard, um, but it's been helpful to have our little online community. Um, and our parents have been great about sharing what's going on at home and sharing pictures with us. And our teachers have been video chatting with the kids. So that's been that's been really great. What has been the biggest difficulty in your shift at home with all of this? Um, I would say, the like for me personally, it's the fear. Um, you know, I have that kind of like angel and devil. The angel is like, this is your job. This is, it's not only a job for me, it's a passion. Right. So I couldn't imagine like having um, all of my teachers, all my fellow teachers there on the front lines and being like, nope, I'm, I'm staying home. Right. I couldn't imagine doing that. And then on the other hand, I'm also nervous because obviously we are caring for kids of people that are on the front lines. So then I have the fear of what if I, what if I bring this home to my family? Um, what if I get sick? What if, you know, somebody I know that's close to me gets sick? So, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> back and forth in my mind, but I think overall um, what keeps me going is how important what we do is for our community. Good, and it is so important. That's It's crucial, and it's, it's when I thought about doing these interviews, you were the first person I thought of, I'm like, we have to talk to someone who's got something real to say about why daycares are still open, why kids are being cared for in this capacity, and why not everyone has the ability to just be home with their families safe. So you actually wear a lot of hats, and I'm going to throw a little curveball at you, I feel like, right now. You're also a dance teacher. I am. So what's going on with that with everything? I've seen a lot of different things happening with different dance communities and different um, different activities for kids being shifted to online. Is that now part of your day as well? Um, yes. So our owner is and our uh, director, they're pretty amazing, and they understand that not only did we all get ripped out of, out of the dance studio, but we also got thrown into this kind of whirlwind of, you know, teaching our kids at home and doing our other jobs, some of us from home, some of us are still going into work daily. Um, so we did something similar with the dance studio where we created an online, like a Facebook community, mm -hmm. um, invited all of our families in there, and then she gave us the option to record videos of ourselves doing combinations or technique um, and drop them into the group as needed. So um, we are not still doing like traditional dance classes like we were. Many studios are doing that. Um, we decided not to because we just, it, there's just so much going on for everybody. And it's, it's a students pretty, too. Yeah. yes, our, our students, students are struggling. And I think more than anything, we all just need the community. It's, it's not even about the dance lesson right now it's about the fact that we're the there family. for one another yep absolutely 100 yes. and that is 100 the point of this podcast series is to show people how important it is to understand community and understand the struggles of other people so we can have a little bit more compassion and a little bit more grace for these people now, one more curveball for you. Jenna is actually, um, she and I got to know each other through our psychic medium world, and she is also a practicing psychic medium. 
So where do people find you? When can they see you? How are you accessible for readings and your inner psychic knowledge as well? Because Jenna is probably one of the most talented mediums I have ever met. And I definitely, if you don't resonate with me, you got to check it with her because she is fantastic at what she does. So Jenna, where can people find you? Uh, thank you. Um, so I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I have a Facebook page. Um, it is Jenna K. Empathic Psychic Medium. Um, my first name is spelled a little differently. So <laughs> I'll post it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just Jenna. Everybody Jenna. Gets confused <laughs> um, and then I also have a website, um, which is jennakempath.com. And every Thursday night at 9 p.m., I do a little one-hour um, free live psychic reading little show for everybody so <laughs> they can tune in and get some you know, words of wisdom. And um, we laugh a lot, and there's a lot of love flying around. So and Jenna sings, and it's fun. wonderful. And it's 9 p.m. Eastern time, too. Um, that All of her information will be posted in the show notes. She's so fantastic. Absolutely check her out. Um, Jenna, do you have any last information, any pieces of advice or hope or tidbits of wisdom that you want to bestow upon our listeners? <laughs> um, I just want to share that I think it's really important to just continue to be kind to one another. Um, this is a really tough time for many people, and it's very difficult to have the right answer right now. Um, our quarantine looks different for everybody. Um, and it affects us all completely differently. So um, there's been a lot of judgment out there lately, and I think that we kind of need to drop that wall um, and remember that our children are watching and learning from every single thing that we do. And right now they are watching um, and learning how we cope with tough times. So it's really important for us to be honest about our feelings um, and also utilize this time to teach our kids healthy ways of kind of coping and channeling those tough emotions. So um, for all my parents and mamas and anybody really, get outside, throw music on, dance, cook, forget about the online classes for a little bit and forget about how stressed you are for a little bit and just be kind to each other. And I think that. I think that's the best thing that we could all do. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on and sharing your perspective and sharing some wisdom and laughs with us today. And that, my friends, is part one of this series. So tune back in for parts two and three coming up, okay? We will have a teacher coming on and also a working mom who is at home with her children who are school-aged trying to juggle kids all like we all are so thank you so much and we'll see you next wednesday bye